The message I'm preaching this morning is a topic I just, really I want to preach it about every, about every month. The sad thing about not being an evangelist and being a pastor is you cannot repeat yourself too often. It's just not right. Uh, even though people probably need to hear what you've got to say uh, more often than you do say it. Uh, I know one thing about our teachers at school, a repetition builds learning. But I preached this uh, 16 years ago. That's a long time. When you're facing 16 years, it seems like a long time. But when you're on this side of the 16 years, it seems like it was like that. Amen. It's going to help you. This may be one of my more important sermons of the year. It's going to help you. If you'll let it, it will. Let the Word of God go in. If it's true, and your Holy, the Holy Spirit tells you this is true, He whispers to you, and then uh, you disagree with Him and say, okay, I accept it. Take your Bibles to Matthew chapter... Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 27. Great time of year. I like any time of year that emphasizes Jesus. I like Easter because of that, and I like Christmas because of that, because there's just an emphasis about Jesus, and you can talk to people about it pretty easily. 27, uh, chapter 27 there, and we'll start in, let's say, 36, verse 36. Let me just read quickly for you. And sitting down, they watched him there. Now, I remember Bob Jones Jr. preached on that subject, the whole subject, and sitting down, they watched him there, a masterful message. Masterful, never forgot it. That's how powerful a message can be. It's by the foolishness of preaching that God saved them to believe. Something supernatural is going on now that I can't explain it to you, but I know God chose to use this method, and he used it from the beginning to now. And that and a set over, set up over his head, that is Jesus' head, the crucifixion, accusation written, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then there were two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and one on the left. And they passed by, and people were passing by because it was on a busy road. They reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him, and the scribes and the elders said, and this is our text verse, he saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of the Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. And he trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if he will have him. And he said, I am, for he said, I am the Son of God. Interesting to me how they mocked Jesus. It wasn't good enough to kill him. It wasn't good enough to scourge him. It wasn't good enough to have him carry his own cross. But when they hung him up on the cross, the devils of hell began to mock him and yell at him. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. Little did they know that was actually a biblical prophecy. It was a truth that they were saying. 
uh, once in a while in the Bible, people will say something, and it's directly from God. They don't know it, but God's doing it through them. They were unknowingly right that he saved others. But instead of using the word cannot, I, I'm going to use it. Uh, he saved others himself. He will not save. For Jesus would, could do and would do what he desired to do. No man took his life from him. They didn't kill Christ. It wasn't an escalation of events that eventually led to his crucifixion. It was a planned, step-by-step understanding of what was going on. Christ gave his life for us. And he was resurrected on his own power by the grace of God. But it seemed to surprise the Pharisees and Sadducees that Jesus saved others. But he would not save himself. Why would that be? Well, it's because they were extremely selfish, self-centered, normal people. Uh, don't be too hard on the Sadducees and the Pharisees because without Christ, we're exactly the same way. It was so far away from their thinking that he would save others and not save himself that it seemed like to them a mock, a joke. Um, surely, surely he would not lay his life down if he had the power, really had the power, to take it up again. They were so into themselves and into the normal, if I may say, human behavior that they laughed and they used it as a mock. The real Messiah, if I may say their real Messiah, would not allow himself to be abused, cussed at, spit on, beaten, whipped, nailed to the cross, stripped naked in public. Their Messiah was a king. And he was going to come and destroy the Roman government, humble the Romans, who had so humbled them. Their Messiah would have the power to exalt himself, and he would. Their Messiah could not be this person who was hanging on a Roman cross under the Roman jurisdiction and under the Roman government. Uh, it wouldn't be, it could not be, that this bruised, bleeding, mangled corpse who would not resist their physical abuse, that this would be the Messiah. Why? They were absolutely selfish. I do not believe there is a greater enemy for you and for me as a Christian or a non-Christian than the insidious selfishness buried deep within each of us. It has destroyed worlds. It has decimated the best marriages. It has ravaged the deepest friendships. It has destroyed entire nations. It has bankrupted prospering businesses. It has separated God 
from man. It has robbed many a Christian of their eternal reward that God wanted them to have. But they lived selfishly and lost it. It has sent millions, millions, and maybe billions to hell. Because when they heard the gospel, they realized there was a certain amount of sacrifice involved in, re in repenting. Repenting means to turn away from the world to God. It means a way to turn away from sin and towards God. It's an attitude. It's, it's, a, it's being saved as repentance and faith. It's, a one, it's one coin, two sides, repentance and faith. Sometimes the Bible says repent and believe. Sometimes it just says repent. Sometimes it just says believe. All is the same. Except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Luke chapter 13, verse 3 and verse 5, twice in a row. Jesus' words. It has sent so many to hell. It has separated children, selfishness, that's what I'm talking about, it has separated children from their parents. What a grievous thing it is to sit in a room with a broken parent whose children are wayward and have chosen to go the wrong way. There can be no expression verbally of what it must be like to feel that. Selfishness is at the core of that. The philosophy of it was perfectly worded for me when I was lobstering in Key West years ago. They have a main street in Key West, and uh, we would go eat at a restaurant right on Main Street called Danny's, not there any longer. And we would go eat at Danny's Fish House, I think it was. And to get to Danny's Fish House, you had to go down the main street of Duval, I think it is, in, at night. Because we'd get in from Lobster in about 9 o'clock at night. Because if you don't go dark to dark, your heart's not in it. And so we would, uh, about 10 o'clock, eat supper. And obviously we didn't have reflux like a lot of you because you got to eat like 4 o'clock. But we ate at 10 o'clock at night. And went right to bed. Just had to say that. And so we saw a t-shirt. I saw something. I saw something. They have a lot of t-shirts at Key West. This is a shirt I saw at a window as I was meditating over this subject. When you're under the water for 10 hours a day or so, it's a lot to think about because you got nobody to talk to. It's all about me. They actually sell these. People wear these. And I'm going to have to say the people that wear these are honest folks. It's all about me. The Bible says in Matthew 23, 12, it says, Whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. You believe it? 
Bible says in Luke 14, 27, whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You believe it? 1 Corinthians 15, 31 says, Paul says, I die daily. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Galatians 5.24 says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. Do you believe it? 1 Peter 5.6 says, Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, and he'll exalt you in due time. Now I know a lot, a lot of us, uh, and I've been guilty of the same things you're guilty of, because I'm of like passion like you are. We agree verbally with the Bible, well, then we don't agree with it in our life. God's looking for some selfless people who will work when they don't feel like it. Who will hold back whining and complaining when things go wrong who will stop feeling sorry for themselves. But no, no preacher. Let's say this all together. It's all about me. Let's try it together in unison. No preacher, it's all about me. That's right. It's all about me. I'm going to hold this up a few times. We're going to see if we can get this before it's over. God's looking for some people who will not have to be the center of attention or dominate conversations. You ought to examine yourself closely about that. You want to die alone? Dominate every conversation you're in. Nobody will be able to be around you. Now that's worth going home, right? If you went home right now, it'd be worth it. God's looking for those who will focus on the needs of those around them and not be constantly filled with their own needs. If you're uncomfortable, don't be, don't be too upset. I've been uncomfortable as I go through this. God's looking for those who will be thankful for those who contributed to their life. In other words, you're not going to take the credit for being a veterinarian, Brother Tom. You're going to list a whole list, a plethora of people that have helped you, going back to your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sisters. When they were mean to you, they taught you patience. You're going back to your first grade teacher taught you to read and write and your fourth grade and fifth grade and sixth grade and then you're going out there to college and then all those professors that helped you. And then Dr. Baker, I think it was. Is that right, Baker? Butler. Butler, yeah, I'm sorry. Dr. Butler, who so much contributed to you from what you've told me. And then go on and on and on. That's the kind of people God is looking for, but no preacher. It's all about me. God's looking for those who will leave their comfort zone. Stop there for a while. And go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. You'll come door to door when it's cold. Preacher, I can't come. It's, It's 50 degrees. Well, if you lived up Where I was born, you'd be going out door to door 17 below zero sometimes. I did a bus ministry. I'm not trying to taunt, I'm not trying to beat my chest here, but people that do bus ministry up north, that's a whole different breed of people. I did a bus ministry 17 below zero, 10 below zero. The ice was on the inside of the bus, not the outside of the bus. 
We tried to get people to drive the bus, and they said, uh, no, preacher, it's all about me. We need God's looking for people who be flexible instead of brittle. You give mercy out instead of justice and judgment all the time. God's looking for people who will be a team player rather than having it their own way. If it's not their way, it's the highway. Oh, but no preacher. It's all about me. God's looking for folks who will die to their own plans and their dreams and their goals. But no preacher. It's all about me. You wear the t-shirt. By the way, afterwards, we have a hundred of these. No, we don't. <laughs> I believe God's looking for selfless servants of righteousness. Not folks that think they're doing God a favor by coming to church or, or by tithing or by being part of a local body of believers. You're not doing God a favor, brother. God's doing you a favor. But if you're of this philosophy, I'm too quick for you to say it. If you're of this philosophy, you, you, uh, no, no. Oh, I'm going to get, I, I haven't gotten mean yet. I'm getting mean now. God's looking for selfless servants. I said that. What kind of selfless servants? Thank you for asking. For choir members who come when they feel rotten, but no preacher. God's looking for musicians that are not sensitive to correction. No preacher. I've had music directors, Tom Cronin and Brother Not. One thing I've learned about musicians is they're a little bit more sensitive than the average person. And, no, I'm not talking about Brother Not, but there, there have been times I've had to tell Brother Not, I don't like what you're doing. Ooh, that hurts. I know, but it's not all about me. Amen. He's still here, so it evidently is working. God's looking for preachers who will not be lazy and study their Bibles and go soul winning and hospital calling. Uh uh, but, but no preacher. It's all about me. God's looking for members who are interested in how they can help the local body of believers survive. Because, you know, literally death, hell, the world, and the devil himself is against the local church. But no preacher. It's all about me. The first time somebody don't welcome me, for some time somebody doesn't treat me the way I think they ought, I ought to be treated. Isn't that where it always goes? I'm the judge of the world. That's because you got too much self and not enough Jesus. My king. 
walked through Gethsemane. And the Via Della Rosa, the way of suffering for me. What in the world should I be willing to do for him? Often preachers will face crazy stuff in the local church of selfishness. Don't don't it be you. Don't let it be you. Don't you be wearing this t-shirt. You're good. I'm going to talk to you about the power of selflessness. I've talked to you about the power of selfishness. But let me talk to you a little bit about the power of selflessness. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4.12, a threefold core is not easily broken. A little church in the city they are or at, a little church that has a group of 100 people that are selfless, can turn that whole city by the grace of God upside down. God can do great and mighty things with just 100 people that will have the attitude of the Lord Jesus Christ and be selfless. I don't have much respect for mega churches. From what I can tell, they're full of selfish people that want it their way. They want a food court. They want a this. They want a that. It's all about what they want. I could let my nose run. I have people come up to me after one of these sermons where I cry a little bit. They'll say, is something wrong with your sinuses? Duh. I got lots wrong with me. One hundred people that'll go door to door. We've never had it here at Gospel. We've never had a hundred people. I'm I'm holding out for you. I'm sixty-eight years old, man. I ain't got a lot more time left. Y'all gotta show up. I think the largest we ever had going door to door is seventy-two people. But I'm begging God for that hundred. I don't know what it'll do to me, but a hundred people that'll come door to door. Risk everything by the grace of God. Put Jesus first and not let it be all about them. But I'm scared, but I don't know what to say. Notice the word I. But I got this problem, and I got this problem. But Jesus said, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It only took 12 apostles to Turn the world upside down. Why did 12 people do so much? Well, the Holy Spirit obviously was there with them, no doubt. But he had to have them. Listen, God could do this without us, but he chose not to do it without us. He wants you. He needs you. to Lay your life down so he can use you. So he can help other people get saved. Propagate the gospel. 
for the Lord Jesus' sake. Woo! Only one man, Apostle Paul, changed all of Europe for Jesus. Only one man, William Carey, changed the entire country, India. After seven long years and not a convert. Only one man, David Livingston, opened up Africa for Jesus. Only one man, Hudson Taylor, opened up China for Jesus. These are just the well-known people. Only one selfless person that is submitted to the will of God can do great and mighty things which we know now. Who knows what God will do through a person willing to be selfless and die to himself? But oh no, preacher. I don't believe in generation gaps. I see we got a lot of 20-somethings in the church. Uh, they're no different than I am. We are, we are like this. Chris, look over here. We're like this, buddy. Now, he wears them skinny, tight pants, and I hate them. I'm not for that. He wears them little skinny little ties. I wear fat ties. I didn't say we're a light like that. Even though he keeps trying to push me down his road. But ideologically, we're one. I don't believe in generation gap. There's only gaps. There's only ideological gaps. If we agree the Word of God, this Bible is the Word of God forever settled in heaven uh, from the front to the back preserved by God, and it's His book, it's His Word, we are one in so many things. You're a whole lot more alike each other than you're different from each other. I can get along with skinny-tied people, tight little pants people, funny little haircut up the deal like that. I, I'll look over that. I'll look over all that. Man, who am I? Oh, you laughing wore bell-bottoms. Oh. You ever look how silly them bell-bottoms look? You go back there 40, 50 years ago, how ugly they look. In work, selflessness. It's not what my boss can do for me, but what I can do for my boss. Do more than what you're paid for, and pretty soon you'll be paid for more than what you do. I believe that was Zig Ziglar. Make your boss successful. That'll be your goal every morning. Make your boss successful. You say, he abused me. He won't abuse you too long. Somebody else will notice it and hire you. In marriage, oh, it's not what my spouse can do for me. But what I can do for my spouse. You know what I call that? Uphill, up the I see, up spiral. Hey, Curly, you listen to this because you got one, you're coming. Up spiral. So I chose, I made a choice, I made a decision. Years ago, I decided I was going to try to build my little woman up. I had already trying to tried to tear her down for about 20 years. It didn't work really well. But I said, I'm going gonna, I'm right, I'm gonna to get right with God, and I'm going to start building her up every time I can build her up. I mean, right on the edge of lion. <laughs> but not lion. You're beautiful. 
I like what she said to me the other day. She says, you know, when you look at me as a 60-year-old woman, I sure don't look like what I used to. But she says, you do look in the mirror, don't you? I do. I do. In church, selflessness. It's not what my church can do for me, but what I can do for my church. How can I help this place be better? I'm not here to change it. I'm here to make it better. I'm here to be a positive influence. My stay here at the Gospel has been, a senior pastor now 28 years, I wanted to be a I want to be a positive influence. Brother Harry McKinney, his stay was 11 and a half years senior pastor. He was, he was a builder, a positive influence. Before him, six months, V.L. Martin was our interim pastor, and he was a positive influence for the local church. Hmm. Nothing you could say better for me than say Bill was a positive influence for the gospel. But, no. The Bible says, Philippians 2.4, Look not every man to his own things, but every man on the things of others. He saved others. Himself. You cannot save. <laughs> Thank God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He couldn't save himself. Or he wouldn't save himself. He is my example. And he is your example. You say, preacher, I've seen you be selfless. No doubt. But I'm not your ultimate example. Listen, years ago I said at Sunday school class, maybe the Holy Spirit wants me to say it again. I decided as a young man I wasn't going to let anybody in Christianity around me mess me up. I decided that no matter how bad the preacher went, no matter how bad a deacon went, no matter how bad a member went, no matter how bad, even my own woman, if she took off with another man, I wasn't going to let that pull me off of Christianity and pull me off of Christ because Christ never did anything wrong for me. After all, who are you living for? I'm living for Jesus. He saved others. Himself. He cannot save. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'd help us to be selfless. Forgive us for being selfish. It's so natural. It's so easy. It seems so right. The Bible says every man's right in his own eyes, twice in Proverbs. God, help us to be a whole lot more like Jesus and a whole lot less like ourselves. We pray, Father, there could be great victories in marriages today. This could save a marriage, literally, from failure. This could save a relationship of a, of a child and a parent 
This could save a local church from division. This could save a lost person that needs to hear the gospel because somebody will say, I'm willing to sacrifice myself for the bus ministry. I'm willing to sacrifice myself for door to door. I'm willing to sacrifice myself to pass some tracks out. I'm willing to sacrifice myself to be a verbal witness to the waitress and to the uh, 7-Eleven folks and to the gas pump folks. I'm willing just to exude Jesus, to drip of the love of God. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.